Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. I am a Christian. 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 But remember, we're in this series, and that's why I'm wearing the T-shirt today called I Am a Christian. And I just want to declare to you today that I'm a Christian. What does that mean? That means I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And that's what the world, when we say Christian, that's what the world identifies with as as us as followers. And so I've given you uh, uh, these 21, uh, what we call our, our declarations, our 2021 daily decorations and I wanted you to, us to say them together. Now, I've been saying them every day. I hope you're memorizing them because this is the whole year. We're declaring this. And so let's say these together. You ready? Let's start. You ready? I am a Christian who connects with God daily through prayer because I'm a Christian, right? Here we go. The second thing says, I am a Christian who grows by reading the Bible and gathering with God's people because I'm a Christian. The third thing, let's say, you ready? I am a Christian who serves in my church and my community because I am a Christian. That's what Christians do. I am a Christian who shares my faith and resources generously. Why? Because I'm a Christian. That's what Christians do. And the last one is this. Let's say it. You ready? I am a Christian who exists to give people an opportunity for a better life through Christ. And that's what we do. We're Christians. And so today I'm excited to, as we continue this series called I Am a Christian, because that's who we are, and we have to embrace that now more than ever. I think that, you know, the world has tried to divide the church more than, more than any other time. You know, everything that's been going on is not by chance. I mean, the whole, this whole year has been nothing but about division. Would you agree with that? The devil has tried everything he can to divide a nation, and he's tried to divide the church. He's tried to divide us all. You know, he's tried through politics and, and so forth. He's tried to divide us with racial tension. He's tried to divide us. But I'm here to tell you that, you know, today I want to put everybody on notice. I want to put the devil on notice that, you know, don't look at me as Democrat or Republican or independent. Look at me as Christian. Amen. That I'm a part of the capital C church and I got brothers and sisters all over the world. That means that I can get on a plane and fly. I can fly into China right there, communist China, but somewhere there's a brother or sister of mine there. Amen. I could go to Japan. There's a brother or sister, someone there. I could go to Pakistan in that Muslim country and tell you that there's a brother or sister, someone there. Amen. So it's not about, it's about who I am as a Christian. Amen. That we're Christian. That's who we are. And we're committed together. You know, there's a lot of people that I've met on my journey that said, you know what? Well, I'm a Christian and I want to go to heaven and I, everybody else can just go to hell basically is what they've said. In other words, I'm not concerned about anybody and you know, I'm not concerned about anybody else. It's all about me. And I want to tell you, I think that a long time ago, churches knew, understood what to do with those people, what that had that spirit. And as you see this picture that's coming up of this old church here, you see with the graveyard in front of it. I think that when those people had that spirit, they said, okay, and they baptized them and they held them underwater a little bit longer. And then they said, okay, well, they're in heaven now. Let's just go and bury them, right? Because they're no good to anybody else, right? Matter of fact, we're having baptism next week. (laughs) 
If you haven't been baptized, you need to be baptized. We don't want you to have that spirit. But I just want to say, you know, that, that we're here. And, the, and, the, and what I want to lean into to this week as we're talking about I am a Christian, I want you to understand this, that we are here for one reason. And look what, the, what this main point that I want you to get today is this. And it says this. It's coming up on the screen. Let's say it again. You ready? Come on. I share Jesus because I care. Let's say it again. I share Jesus because I care. You know, because I, that's why we share our faith. That's why we said that I'm a Christian who shares my faith and resources generously. Because if you don't care, you don't share. You can say, well, they can just go to hell if they want to. I'm sure glad that God didn't have that spirit. I'm sure glad that Jesus didn't have that spirit. Amen. And I'm sure glad the man by the name of Randy Brooks who led me to Jesus Christ didn't have that spirit. Amen. <clears throat> How about you? And so we have, we're in a world that we're responsible for. And so today the title that I have for you is this, is how to share my faith in Jesus. How do I do that? I think it's very interesting because the last thing that Jesus did before he left this earth, I mean, like after he died on the cross, after he was risen, as he rose from the dead, and he walked on the earth another 40 days, and, and as he, the last thing that he said to his followers were this, it could be found in Acts 1 and 8, and it was about telling about him. And look what it says. In Acts 1 and 8, it says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my what? Witness. You'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus says, you're going to tell about me. That's your assignment right now. Everybody has an assignment, and that is to tell people about Jesus because they cannot go to heaven without Jesus. He is the only way to God. There is no other way. You say, well, I don't believe that. I'm sorry. It's not about what you believe by what I believe. It's about what the Bible says, and that's the only way to God is through Jesus. Amen? Amen. And so if we hold him back, people will not know. And so I want to give you three things today that I think from this passage that will help you be able to share your faith. And all of you that are at home, listen, <clears throat> I have a whole new respect for you that are watching because after the last two weeks, Rhonda and I could not come. And I want you to know I, I have a respect that you're there. And, and I want to encourage you to engage because it's very easy just to sort of walk through the house and just leave the television on and not really engage. I want to encourage you to engage in this. Open up your app if you have it. So the first thing is this, number one, is decide to be a witness for Jesus. That's the first thing, is we have to make this decision that I'm going to be a witness. Now, again, going back to Acts 1 and 8, the first part of this, he says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and let's read the last part together. Let's read it. You ready? Come on. You will be my witnesses. Now, you'll be my witnesses. Now, what is that? Doesn't that, isn't it amazing how Jesus didn't say that you're going to be a theologian? He didn't say that you got you to know everything in the Bible. He didn't say that you have to, you know, know chapter and verse. You have to be able to quote the verses in the Bible. He didn't say any of that. He said that you didn't have to be a preacher, a prophetess, a priest, or whatever, that you just had to be my witness. A witness is someone who explains and tells what they have seen and heard. Many of us in this room have never been called to a witness stand. Thank God. You know, uh, thank God that you haven't had to do that. But some have. 
you know, but I'll tell you what, that I would guarantee you that probably everybody in this room has been called to be a witness. Meaning like when you were in elementary school, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but I'm assuming probably somewhere in your life that this happened is that maybe you were in elementary school and that you, you know, that the bully in the class was doing something wrong and the teacher called you and to the front of the room and wanted to ask you what you had saw about that, right? Now, that's when we learned about uh, witness intimidation, right? Because all the eyes were on us, right, as we walked to the front of the room, and, and they knew that they were asking about them, you know, and, and so all that pressure. Maybe you had a brother or sister. Maybe you had a larger family, and that one of your brothers or sisters did something wrong, and your parents called you to their room, and your brother or sisters, you was walking by. They put those big old beady eyes right on you, Right. And they watched you as you went to that bedroom, knowing that you was either going to rat them out or you was going to stand up. And so we understand what being a witness is. It's, it's sharing what we saw or what we heard or what we experienced. And that's what Jesus has called you to be, is to be a witness. Now, you've got to decide, who am I going to be a witness for? Are you going to be a witness for yourself? Are you going to be a witness for Jesus? Are you going to be a, are you going to be a witness for somebody else? Who, are you going to be a witness for uh, another religion? Who, who are you going to be a witness for? Are you going to be a witness to financial gain? Who are you going to be a witness for? And who's going to be Lord? And Jesus said, I want you to be my witnesses. Amen, everybody? My witnesses. Now, there's a verse in the Bible that has, has uh, compelled me to share my faith when I didn't want to. And when I was afraid to, and I want to share it with you. It's very real. It's Jesus' words. It's found in Matthew 10, 33. And look what it says. Jesus says this. It's very clear. He says, but everyone who denies me here, where? On earth. earth, I will deny before my father, where? In In heaven. And so, you know, Jesus is saying you cannot be a closet Christian. You have to be, you have to share that I am your Lord and that I'm your Savior. It's your responsibility. I remember the first time I became a Christian, you know, when I was 15 years old and, and it just rocked my world. And I remember being in church like you are today and those of you that are watching online. And I, I remember being in a setting like this and, and, and before I became a Christian, I really didn't care what the pastor said. I was too busy on the back row throwing little, little spitballs in the lady's big hair in front of me. Uh, so you, none of you ever did anything like that, I'm sure. But so that's all church was to me. Like, can I get out of here, you know? But then I got saved. I started listening. And I started hearing the pastor talk about that verse about how that if we denied Christ here on earth, that Jesus would deny us before the Father. I'm like, that doesn't sound like Jesus. So I went and opened up the Bible and it was there and it was Jesus saying this. And so I remember sitting in like, I remember I was in the 10th grade in a world history class. And, you know, I hadn't been a Christian long. And those in that class, they started talking about all these world religions and how that how that they believe this and they believe that. And all of a sudden I felt like, you know, somebody's got to say something about Jesus right here. And they was all looking around the room. And, I, and listen, I wasn't the outspoken person, believe it or not. I said, you know, I was just sort of sitting back in my corner, biding my time, just trying to get out of high school, you know. And, and, and then all of a sudden I felt like I remembered this verse. And it said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father. And all of a sudden I just, I said, uh, excuse me. They looked and they said, oh, it's Jeff. Oh, he never says nothing. I said, is the Bible the number one best-selling book of all time? And I put my hand back down. And that's all I wanted to say. That's it. You know, I like, okay, I did my part. And then the teacher wanted to interrogate me. 
you know, right there begin to ask me, well, why do you feel this way? And da-da-da-da-da, you know, and, and, and let me just tell you something. I was so nervous, and back then, if it would have been social media, would have been out. I would have been on Snapchat. I would have been on TikTok. I would have been everywhere, you know, because people would have looked at how stupid I felt and, you know, look, trying to explain this because I didn't know. And, uh, and, and so after the class was over, I'll never forget it. Is that the, there's a few people pulled me aside and wanted to know about my faith. And I got to share my faith with them. And, and again, it wasn't something that I was like, I did, you know, like I had a plan to, it just happened. But what I'm telling you is that when you begin to de- pronounce that Jesus is Lord of your life, amen, that he's a savior of the world, then guess what? There's other people that want to know about that. And we cannot deny him, Amen. Listen, you know, when we deny them is when we get around all our peers and they start talking all their smack, right? And they start saying all their stuff and and they start cursing and they start doing all this. Then guess what? That's when we got to speak up and say, listen, I'm sorry. I don't talk like that. Amen. And, and, And sometimes you don't even have to speak up. Sometimes you can just not talk like that and they know you're different. Amen. Okay. All right. Move on, pastor. I hear you. Look at Romans 10, 9 and 10. He says, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Now watch this part. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your what? Your mouth that you what? Confess and are? And are saved. Let me tell you something. It is your confession in Jesus that saves you eternally, but it is your confession daily in Jesus that saves you every day. What I mean by that is this, is that every day that you say, well, I do this because Jesus is Lord. Amen. Like, in other words, I don't, I I don't sleep with my girlfriend or boyfriend because Jesus is Lord. Oh, we got quiet in here then. I, I, I don't, I don't go partying with all the unmarried people because I'm married because Jesus is Lord. Amen. You know, I, I, I don't do the things that the world does because Jesus is Lord. And every day that I have to pronounce it, Jesus is Lord, because if he, either he's going to be Lord in my everyday decision or he's not Lord at all. Amen. And so declaring that Jesus is Lord, I, I don't do what the Bible says because what the Bible says not to do because Jesus is Lord. He's Lord in my life. And so the Bible says, as you confess Jesus is Lord, when you confess him as Lord, then he'll be Lord of all every day, seven days a week. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah, somebody. Yeah. See, we have to pronounce Jesus is Lord. And if you don't pronounce him as Lord over every decision of your life, he won't be Lord. And you'll find yourself in a mess and say, well, where is God? I don't know where God's at. Well, I'll tell you where God's at. It's where you left him. I told you, see, I've been praying a lot. (laughs) Hallelujah. I say, you got coronavirus. I start praying. Dear God, all right, Lord Jesus. That's right. So so listen, the church has got to wake up. We can't be this mamby-pamby, I think I believe this, I think I don't. I don't, no, no. We got to say, Jesus is Lord. Let me tell you, you can't live like you, you can't live like the devil and serve Jesus. He can't be Lord if you're living like the devil. Amen. Oh boy, it gets quiet when you start talking like that. But Jesus is Lord. Either he's Lord or he's not Lord. And every day you declare Jesus is Lord. Before you make every decision, Jesus is Lord. And so that's why we say this statement that's coming up on the screen. Let's say it. You ready? Come on. I share Jesus because I care. Because I care. I share Jesus because I care. The second thing I would like to tell you is this, how to share my faith. 
is share your testimony with the unchurched people. Share your testimony with unchurched people. Now, let me speak to you, and, and I want to speak to everyone that's watching online as well. You know that there's a lot more unchurched people now than there was a year ago. A lot more. You see, when, when this virus first happened, we had to shut the churches down and, and nobody could come to church. And let me tell you something, millions and billions of people watched online. I can tell you that our online service, uh, it went through the roof. I mean, like thousands of people were watching with the first couple of weeks. But as this pandemic went on, we've watched that just fall away. And now what's happened, what's happened in the church is this is that some people will watch, uh, you know, a lot, we still have a good number of people watching online, and I'm thankful for that, but that number's really falling off. And what happened is a lot of people of our, our church people were watching every week with their family, bringing their children in. And you know what? Now what's happening is, is they watch occasionally. They don't have a set time that they watch, and their children are not getting church anymore. So their children are not having any kind of church. And I want to encourage you. Let me just say this to you. I want to look you boldly in the eye, those that are watching and in this room. And I want to say this to you, that listen, if you're over 65 and you have health issues, go sign up and get you the vaccine and get vaccinated where you can get back in the house of God. Amen. And I want to say, if, you, if you're under 65 and you don't have any health issues, grab yourself a mask and get back in the house of God. And at, at SEC, we have a 12 o'clock service that's mask only so that it will make you feel comfortable that you can come. But I'm telling you, the devil has done everything he can to destroy and divide the church. And he said, it's not important anymore. And there's a lot of people that's just gotten out of the habit of coming to God's house. It's not about the virus anymore. It's about the enemies come in and destroy it. And I'm telling you today that it's time for us to come back together. There's a reason the scripture says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Why? Because the devil knows if he can separate us, he can pick us off one by one. But there's the Holy Spirit of God is with us when we come together. Amen. There is nothing. Listen, I sit on the other side of that camera for the last two weeks and I am so thankful for it. It was wonderful while we were, could not get out. But I'm telling you, you, it had nothing. It did not compare to what was in this room this morning when we all were together worshiping God. Amen? Amen. And I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. I know there's a lot of fear out there, and I understand there's a lot of you that can't, but I'm saying do what you got to do. Get the vaccine. And, and listen, I've got three months now that, that they tell me that I'm, you know, I'm immune for three months, and I can't get the vaccine until that, after that three months, but I'll go get it. Because I want us to be able to get back to worshiping God and our family, our children. Amen. Yes. Oh, my God, our children. Hallelujah. See, moms and dads, they can, they can say, well, I'll watch it my lunchtime and I'll watch Tuesday. And I'll, but the children are missing out. They don't know what it's like to go to God's house anymore. And they're, they're missing out and, and their, their lives, they're growing up without, the world is still giving them all their garbage all the time. And they're missing out there coming together in God's house. I beg you, mom and dad, get your children in the house of God again. Amen, amen, amen. 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 You say, where's this coming from, pastor? It's coming from right here. Because I've been before the Lord and we're at war right now. It's spiritual war. And so I want to encourage you, unchurched people, there's a lot of them out there. And so we have to share our faith that, listen, we've got to have say yes to Jesus and be Jesus' Lord. And a lot of people that, again, that were with us 
and that were professing Jesus are not doing that now. So we have to go and call them back. Amen. And so Acts 1 and 8 again says this. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. And let's read this last part. You ready? Come on. Telling people about me everywhere. So your job is to share your testimony. Your job is, listen, don't use your tongue to tear people down. Use your tongue to share your testimony. Amen? Amen. Dear God, I'm anointed today, aren't I? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean it. It's on today. How to share your testimony. How do you do it? Here we go. Here's what you do. There's three things I want to share with you that, you, listen, you've got them on your outline, and, and I hope that you've got your app open so you can have them there. But if not, write them down, and here's what they are. Is number one, how to share your faith, is share what your life was like before Jesus came into your life. Amen. Share what, it, what was it like before. And some of us have forgot that, right? I mean, we forgot what it was like to be lost and being in sin. It was horrible. You know, to, if you died, you didn't know where you was going to spend eternity. That's a bad thing. Amen. The second thing is this, is share how you came to Jesus. Share how did you come to Jesus? What happened in your life? Where was you at? What was going on? And then the third thing is you want to share is this, is you want to share what your life is like now after having Jesus in your life. How did it change? And listen, if your life didn't change, then you need to go back and talk to Jesus again. Amen. Amen. Because he changes your life. Amen. He changes. If it didn't change your actions and your attitudes, then you need to go back and, and talk to him some more and really get, say, Lord, I need all of you. Amen. Amen. See, this is not my idea. This is in the Bible. There's a man by the, uh, there was a man we find in the gospel of John and John, listen, he begins to tell this story. There was a man that was blind. Look what it says in John nine and one. It says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been uh, blind from what? From birth. He'd been uh, blind from birth. See, sometimes you go through things so that God can get glory. And that's why I said, you know, when Rhonda, when I said, God, we want to take a step closer to you, well, you know what? I got coronavirus. I mean, here I started this new series. I was so excited about it because God had put it in my heart that the church has to learn to be the church again. And I was fired up, but yet I was taken out two weeks. But let me tell you something. Those two weeks that I was out, I want you to understand that I was still in God's word and I was still on my knees because as long as I had breath in my body, I had hope in my Savior and I could pray for you. Listen, I could, I could call your names out to God. I could, while I was in, while I was in that condition, I want you to know, I could, I was praying for you and asking God to be with you and drawing, trying to draw closer to God. So sometimes you go through things so that you can see God's glory. Amen. And let me tell you something. I felt the power of your prayers, by the way. I want you to know that I, Rhonda and I felt that power. You know, we was right in the middle of the, of the adversity of that virus and it was difficult. We felt the power of your prayers that God is, was working through you. I want you to understand that. And so we see that Jesus walks in, this man born blind, and people say, well, why is he blind? I mean, what did he do? What did his parents do? And Jesus said, he didn't do anything. Sometimes God uh, lets things happen that his glory can be seen. And so then they go on, and sure enough, Jesus does something. He, he, he heals a man. And people want to know, what happened? How did Jesus heal you? Look what he says in John chapter 9. It says this. They ask him, who healed you? What happened? He told them. The man that they call who? Jesus. Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed and now I can see. How about that? 
So he said, what was his life like before? I was a blind man. I was a beggar. I was begging because I, I couldn't work. And he said, but I met a man named Jesus. And what did he do? And Jesus spit on the ground. Can you imagine this? I mean, the man's blind. He don't know. All of a sudden, he didn't say that Jesus says, come here and let me just uh, do this for you. No, he said, Jesus stood in front of the man. All of a sudden, Jesus spit on the ground and he made mud with, with the sand in his spit. And he picked it up and wiped it on the blind man's eyes. The blind man couldn't see what Jesus would do. And everybody else was going, oh, what? What? He just spit on the ground. He just wiped it on that man's eye. That poor blind man, he just took advantage of that poor blind man. Look at that. And then Jesus told that blind man, said, now you just go right over there to that pool of water and you bend down and you wash your eyes out. And when you do, you're going to see. And so that blind man who was went over there with, with spit in his eyes, it was homemade mud and, and mud pies on his eyes. And he goes over to the, to the, to the uh, pool and he, and he washes out. And when he does, he can see. And he's like, hallelujah, I can see. And then the religious people found the man. And they said, okay, tell us what happened. He said, okay, I want you to, he said, I was blind. I did. I couldn't see. That's what my life was like before Jesus. And I met a man named Jesus. He spit on the ground. He made mud. He wiped it in my eyes. He told me to go wash in the pool. I went and washed in the pool. And when I washed in the pool, I could see. Hallelujah. I could see. Oh, they didn't like that. Look what they said. They said, he's a sinner. Look what it says. John 9, 9 and 25, it says this. He says, I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man that was blind said, but I know this. What? Let's say it together. You ready? Come on. I was blind and now I can see. Amen? That's his testimony. He didn't say, he didn't give a, the, a theological explanation about Jesus. They said, he's a sinner. He said, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. All that I know is I met a man named Jesus. I was blind. I met a man named Jesus. He spit on the ground. He wiped the mud in my eyes. He told me to go wash. I washed and now I can see. All that I know is I was blind and now I see. All I know is I was blind and now I see. All that I know before Jesus, I was blind, but now I see. Amen, everybody? Yeah. Hallelujah. How about you? You remember what your life was like before Jesus? You was blind. Without Jesus, you're blind. You don't, you don't see the things of the world. You don't see the, how it's bringing you down. But once you get Jesus in your life, it changes how you see. Hallelujah, Hallelujah to God. Amen. I was blind, but now I see. All I know that I was lost. And there was a man by the name of Randy Brooks who told me about Jesus. And I went and I knelt and I asked Jesus to come into my life. And all I know is that I was blind, but now I've been seeing for over 30-some years Amen. because of Jesus. Amen, everybody? Amen. Let me tell you, the greatest way to, to practice your testimony is to join a group. The greatest way to practice your testimony is to join one of our small groups. And they're inside of your catalog. There's over 20 groups. And by the, let me just say this to you. If you've not went through financial peace, you need to join the financial peace group because we don't know. We never know what the future is going to hold. We don't know. We just found that out this year. But you need to be financially stable God's way. Amen? And there was a couple that uh, texted me this week and said, you know, they, they contracted the virus. And they was going to have to be out of work and wasn't going to get paid. And, but they said this to me. They said, but thank God. You know that we had an emergency fund because we went through financial peace and we are prepared. But they said, Pastor, it gets better than that. 
I want you to know because God is so good. They said, I got to brag on my God that I got a check this week from something two, that happened two years ago. I got a reimbursement that would cover all of our expenses for two weeks because our God is so good. Amen? Hallelujah. Isn't God good? That's why I'm a tither, by the way. You, you have it when you need it. Hallelujah. I want to I challenge you to go through financial peace or join one of these other groups. Get around some people. I know that you say, well, you know what? Uh, I'm a little nervous about the virus. Go get the vaccine. Hallelujah, right? And let's get back together again. Put your mask on. Let's get back together again. Or you can do it virtually as well. Let's get together. Amen, everybody? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's say it's coming up on the screen again. Let's say, you ready? I share Jesus because I care. I share Jesus because I care. The third thing is this. How to share my faith in Jesus is give them an opportunity to be saved. Give them an opportunity to be saved. He goes on and says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Now notice this, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Notice that Jesus said in Jerusalem because that's where they lived. He says, start in your own house, Amen. Share Jesus with your sons and your daughters, your moms, your dad, your brother, your sister, your neighbors, your co-workers. Share Jesus with the people around you. That's why we always started. We say missions here. Missions don't just mean overseas. You see, it's very easy to send help to people that are overseas, but it's, it's harder to send it to the church next door. Amen. And so SEC, we, we're called to help churches and to help all over the world. And that's why we've, last year, you know, we supported about 15 churches right in our own area here to help them. Hallelujah to God for that. Amen? Amen. Aren't you glad you're part of a church that's like that? Yep. And I want to give you what's called the ABs of salvation so you know what to share with someone. And here's what they are so you know how to share your faith. When someone wants to receive Christ, this is what you do. The letter A stands for this, is admit you're a sinner. So the person that's, that you're talking to, you want them to say, hey, just admit that you're a sinner. Admit that you confess your sins to God. The letter B is this, is believe Jesus died for your sins, that Jesus paid the price for your sins. And the letter C is this, is commit to live for Jesus. Commit your life. In other words, that you know, when, you know like when you walk down the aisle and you commit your life to your husband or wife, and you say, I do. When you say, I do to Jesus, you're like, okay, we're in this together. It's not like, hey, how you doing? I'll see you in 50 years. I'll see you when I die, Jesus. Just keep me from going to hell. No, no, no. Commit your life to Jesus. Now, <clears throat> I share this with you because I've not always got this right. I want to tell you, about 12 years ago, Rhonda used to do uh, band practice. She was over at our band and uh, worship team then. And she had practice every Tuesday night back then. And there was a friend of mine, a neighbor, that we would go play golf every Tuesday afternoon 12 years ago. That whole summer we played. You know, on Tuesday afternoon, we'd meet at 4 o'clock up here at Little Mountain Golf Course, and we'd play every, every Tuesday. And every Tuesday we would play, you know, and, and he wasn't a Christian. And I was. And I would invite him to church occasionally, you know, and, and I would say little things occasionally. But I never gave him the opportunity to receive Jesus. 
Three years, I remember three years ago, it's been roughly three years ago, that he called me. And he said, Jeff, I want you to know I gave my life to Jesus. And I celebrate over that. But the next thing he said has never left me. He said, Jeff, why didn't you tell me about Jesus? Why didn't you give me the opportunity? His life could have gotten better a lot sooner had I just gave him the opportunity. It was not enough to say, hey, why don't you come to church with me? Hey, I'm a good person, you know, and you can see my life and, and maybe you'll get it. No, it's not enough. People have to know. They have to know. They have, they need an opportunity. They don't, listen, we won't invite them to church. Yes, we do. But right there, right where they are, if they're asking you about Jesus, why don't you give them the opportunity? Do you want to know Jesus? Do you want to know Jesus? That man that I told you about has honored me today because he's sitting right back in the back corner. Daryl, would you just wave at everybody today? This is my friend Daryl right here. Daryl's taught me never wait to share Jesus. There's some of you in this room that you need to get it right with Jesus. He's not been Lord of your life. You know it. You've been messing around. You've been trying to dabble in Jesus and dabble in the world and it's not working. There's some of you in the online right now. You say, Pastor, what are you telling me? I'm telling you today is your day. You admit your sins. God, I'm wrong. I've sinned. You believe in Jesus. You say, Jesus, I believe you died for my sin. And you make a commitment today. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I'm going all in with you. And if that's you in the room, if that's you watching, would you everyone just bow your heads here? We're going to pray this prayer. And you just make it your prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of my sins. I need you today more than ever. I can't do this on my own. I ask you to forgive me. Wash me clean today. Lord, and help me to do my best, oh God, to follow you with all of my heart. I want you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, everybody. Can we give God a hand for those who just received Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Listen, if you're in the room, I want everyone, I ask everyone of you to fill out your connection card every week and put in the bucket as you leave. But if you made that decision, will you just check it on that card? Be brave so we can pray for you. That's all. We just want to pray for you. Those of you that are watching online, you have a digital connection card. Just check it there. And if you don't have one, you can just text the words following Christ to the number that you see on the screen. We just want to pray for you. I know that, I know that there's many of you that gave your life to Jesus that are, that are sitting in your living rooms or in your bedroom right now. And there's some in this room. We want to know it so we can pray with you. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.